Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We hope wherever you're listening, you are blessed by this week's message. before I really dive in, I, I want to ask you to help me give some love to my husband, Mr. Best over there. That's you. Because he graciously took the kids off my hands yesterday so that I could spend some real one-on-one time with Jesus. Those of you who are moms know how hard that is to come by. And I thank you for that. Um, He's really my buffer in the spirit. If you see me, it's only because he really pushes me out too. And he is my literal perfect compliment. And he is the only person on this planet outside of God who challenges me to think really deeply and analytically. I I feel like I'm that way anyway. So anyone who can make me dive in really, really deep, you're, you're something special. And he is something special. He, he is anointed to be a strategic problem solver, and um, he walks in a really strong analytical anointing, and I just want to appreciate him publicly. Thank you. <laughs> so today, I encourage you to take notes, because you're going to want to look back over this throughout the week and encourage yourself in the Lord. We are going to take the guesswork out of the prophetic. We are silencing the lie that says we need to be anything more than his to receive from him. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says ask and you'll receive. So today we're asking you to open our spiritual eyes and our ears so we can hear you clearly, Lord. Speak loud and clear. Speak gentle and soft. However you choose to speak today to us, God, we are ready to hear you. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us in this place. Amen. As I was preparing, um, I sensed really strongly that divine affirmation would blow through here like a refreshing wind for some of you. So for some of you, this sermon series that we're currently in is an answer to prayers that you've prayed. You want to know more about the spiritual gifts. So you've had questions, um, especially today, about like, what prophecy? I feel like I flow in something, but what do I call it? You're going to get language today, and you're going to receive affirmation today. Some of you kind of already feel it um, blowing through here, but it's going to be good. And I, I want to encourage you. You are not crazy. You just hear God. You're not crazy. You're prophetic. You don't see things. You are a seer. You see in the spirit. And God is going to equip you to flow in the prophetic with clarity and boldness, if that's the desire of your heart. All right, so let's dive in. What is the gift of prophecy? Let's start with what it's not. It's not spooky. It's not spooky, okay? Sometimes we hear these words and they have connotations attached to how we may have experienced them previously, but I wanna reassure you today, 
Prophecy is not spooky. It's not, it's not this thing that's out there that you have to try to capture. It's also not reserved for super saved Christians. Because first of all, I don't know what a super saved Christian is. I know that you're either saved or you're not, right? Like you either are filled with the Holy Spirit or you're not. You either, like is the Holy Spirit, can it be in baby form? Is there a baby Holy Spirit? You can talk back to me, it's cool. <laughs> junior Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit Junior. You either have it or you don't. And if you have it, if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, then you can flow in the gifts of the Spirit. I'll tell you what else it's not. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's a gift. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give someone a gift. I'm going to gift someone this lovely connection card here. <laughs> How easy was that? How easy was that? Okay, can I have it back? Thanks. No, God's not an Indian giver, I promise. <laughs> Who remembers that term from elementary school? Would you like this gift? It looks nice, right? Somebody designed this really well. Here you go. It's that easy, folks. It's that easy. You don't have to overcomplicate it in your mind. It's as simple as receiving a gift. So here's where we can often get confused, and I know that in my process I was confused at some points as well. What is a prophet, and what does that have to do with prophecy? So the literal definition of a prophet is a spokesman. A prophet is one who is sent. Someone who, filled with the Spirit of God, speaks the cause of God. And note, like, this is not someone who dreams once in a while or has a word once in a while. Someone who is a prophet is constantly flowing. You walk into a room and you just, you're seeing all of the things. That's someone who is a prophet. Now, the gift of prophecy is not a prophet, okay? The gift of prophecy is simply sharing divine revelation by the power of the Holy Spirit. You do not have to be a prophet to prophesy. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that we should ask and earnestly desire for these gifts. Um, let's look at what scripture really has to say. 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love, but earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. For one who understands, but in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. What's being said here? Let's break it down in very plain terms. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, and you can easily assume by how he's addressing them that this was a space where people were speaking in tongues a lot, and there might not have been a translation, if you will, there might not have been one in the midst to say, oh, this is what that person was saying, someone who had the gift of interpreting tongues. 
So if you're speaking in tongues, that's a spiritual thing. I don't know what you're saying. But if you're prophesying, as in you're edifying, exhorting, or consoling, or you're building up, you're encouraging, and you're comforting, that builds all of us up. That's for the church. That's for his people. So we prophesy in order to do three things, according to this scripture, to build up, to encourage, and to comfort, okay? And I want to emphasize again that it is a gift to be able to do this. It is, a, it is an expectation that if you are filled with his spirit, that you can flow in this quite easily. You should be activated in prophetic and revelation gifts. You get it when you ask. It's not an award. You don't get it for, for being extra deep. It's a gift. So prophecy is marked by two things. Foretelling, literally telling of things to come, the future, and forthtelling. Forthtelling, I like this one a lot. Calling forth things that are not as though they were. We get a really cool example of this when we look at Ezekiel. In chapter 37, Ezekiel is in a, a valley that literally is filled with dry bones. And the Lord meets him there. And the scripture says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. It goes on to say, he caused me to pass by them, and behold, there were a lot. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? I mean literal bones. This was not a metaphor for anything. Literal bones. Can these bones live? And so I find Ezekiel's response really interesting. He answered and said, oh, Lord God, you know. Trust and submission. That was like the posture of his heart, like, I don't know, Lord, but you do. So the Lord said again, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put flesh on you. I will cover you in skin and put breath in you and you will live and you will know that I am the Lord. And what did Ezekiel do? In obedience, he says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And there was a noise. And there was sudden rattling. And the bones began to come together bone to bone. As I looked, the flesh came upon them. And then skin covered them. But there was no breath. And so the Lord says to him, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus said the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these that they, that they might live. And so Ezekiel says, I prophesied as I was commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, an exceeding great army. He called something that was not, and by all of our standards, probably should not be, into existence as an act of obedience. God told him what to do and literally held his hand through this entire process of calling forth 
the things that were not so that they could be. Okay? I love it. It's a little, <laughs> I remember first reading this story many years ago and being like, that's mad creepy, Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> just being honest, like, I, if I'm in a cave or a valley and it's bones and I hear the voice of God tells me, listen, you're going to talk to the bones and the bones are going to become flesh and you're, they're going to walk and, and, you know, they're going to get breath in their body. I would be a little bit like, okay, sir. But I really believe that what gives us access in the prophetic realm is, is, is the posture that Ezekiel had, which is one of obedience and submission. It's key. So as we can clearly see here, the gift of prophecy allows us to speak to the future or call forth the future for the purpose of building up. He literally built up a whole army, <laughs> encouraging or exhorting and comforting one another. One of my favorite examples of prophecy is actually how God builds up, encourages, and comforts Gideon while speaking to his future. In the book of Judges, we find a man who considers himself to be pretty weak compared to those around him, and God is just like, you mighty man of valor. That's how he addresses him. I love it. In Judges 6, verse 12, it says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I love Gideon's response because it's so human. It, it's so like us. He says, pardon, pardon me, my Lord. Because he knows who he is in reality. And God is speaking to him from a heavenly and divine perspective of who he will be, right? He says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He says, Par pardon, pardon me, my Lord, um, but uh, are you sure? I love this picture, by the, by the way, because imagine Steve Rogers, Captain America fans, Marvel fans. So Steve Rogers, before he comes Captain America, he's short and scrawny. Let's call that Gideon A. Gideon A gets a word from the Lord. Let's, let's, let's say that that chamber that, he, that he's in is the word of the Lord. He's enveloped in the word of the Lord, and he becomes Captain America. <laughs> the word of the Lord is spoken over him, and he goes from being feeble, scrawny, and of low self-esteem to becoming one of the most strong, you know, the strongest men on the planet. Now, Gideon did not become the strongest man on the planet, but I think it's a pretty cool illustration, if I do say so myself. He's like, pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? This is verse 15. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and not only will you war on my behalf, but you're going to strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. How do you think Gideon feels in this moment? <laughs> Encouraged? Maybe, but probably terrified, right? Because he's looking at the reality of the situation, and yet here, here's God with this divine, eternal perspective. He can see the end from the beginning, and he's like, that's cool. You see who you are. I see what you will be. And I want to speak into you what you will be. So 
the angel of the Lord literally had to build Gideon up to the task. Mighty warrior versus the least of these in your clan. He encouraged him. He gave him insight into the future. And he says this, go in the strength you have. I love that. It doesn't say go in the strength I will give you. It doesn't say go in the strength that you're about to receive a download right now in the name of Jesus. The scripture says go in the strength you have. I'm going to come back to that. He comforted him and he spoke to his future. I will be with you. Because I know that me giving you this task, you're going to start having second thoughts. And when you see what's before you, you will have doubts. But if you hold on to this and know that I will be with you, that's all the confidence that you need to do what I'm telling you you can do, what I'm commanding you to do. So let's go back to verse 14 for a second. And he says to Gideon, go in the strength you have. Some of y'all just caught it. I believe that this is divine encouragement for some of you already here today. You're waiting on the right season, or you're waiting on like an increase in your skill set, waiting until you finish that degree, waiting until you get some more money. I'll take the leap of faith, Lord, as soon as I know what you told me to do, Lord, and I'm going to do it, I promise, as soon as I, what? As soon as what? Go in the strength you have. I will be with you. I'm going to dump him, Lord, I promise. I know <laughs> you already told me. I receive that in my spirit that he is not my husband. I'm going to dump him. But I, you know, he said that we were going to go to Roots Chris, and I, you know, <laughs> I love their sweet potato casserole. <laughs> Just, you know, after that, I'll do it. Why do we do this? We procrastinate on the things of God, and then we, we do that, and then we delay our own promise out of disobedience. But God has said, go in the strength you have. I'm not sure what you're waiting on to finish your book. Some of you haven't even started writing, and you know you're supposed to be producing books. All it takes is 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day. Some of you sit on the toilet longer than that, just being real. <laughs> on your note section, in your phone. Hey, talk to me, Lord. Instead of scrolling on IG. Can we be honest? Can we be transparent? Some of us literally wake up in the morning and immediately go to social media first. And you waste 20 minutes, some of you longer. I'm not judging you though. And then when you end up late to work, you're like, but I woke up early. To do what? <laughs> Wasting time, time that could be used towards the purpose that God has called you to. And he said, you can go in the strength you have. You already have everything you need 
you already have everything you need to do and be what God has called you to. Some of you are like, yes, I receive it. And some of you are like, how, how? I don't have everything I need. I'm going to book it for you. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. I'm, I'm going to read it again. His divine power has given us a few of the things that we need. Is that, I'm sorry, is that the wrong translation? My bad. His divine power has given unto us some of the things that we need pertaining to life and godliness. That's not right? What translate? I got the, I got the, the Mel B version here. <laughs> Second Peter 1 verse 3. My, my version's off? What does your version say? All. Oh, oh, my bad. His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So you already have everything you need to do what he's called you to do. Cool. Cool. So, so God has, according to this verse, called us to glory and virtue through his divine power given us all things you need nothing more than the strength you currently have if you're waiting on a prophetic word like that's personalized to you you should have just snatched that and said that's mine run with that that's for me lord thank you because you gave me a word last year and i didn't follow through on it this is it I already have everything I need. I already have everything I need. Here's another classic example of prophecy. Let's look at our favorite homegirl, Mary. Mary. The angel speaks to Mary in Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start with verse... 28. This is Gabriel, the angel Gabriel speaking to Mary. And he says, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And she was like, um, oh my gosh, okay. The Bible says she was very perplexed at this statement. And she kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you'll name him Jesus, and he'll be great, and he'll be called the son of the most high, and the Lord is going to give him the throne of his father, David, and he's going to reign, and all of these things. And Mary was just like, okay, so we have a little problem. It's one little thing that needs to be sorted out here. So here's the thing. Um, okay, so I don't know where would you where is the baby coming from? <laughs> I think I know a little bit about how that works, and it doesn't work this way. And the angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. And I love verse 37. 
Gabriel says to her, for nothing will be impossible with God. And look at Mary's response. It's so beautiful. She stops asking questions. And she says, may it be done to me according to your word. So Gabriel built her up, right? He, this, was, this was a whole prophecy right here. He built her up. He made her feel like something special, because she was. Oh, favored one. He comforts her, and then he encourages her while speaking to what will be. So here's where I used to get confused, and maybe you too. I remember feeling like anyone who flows in a revelatory gift, like the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, was like a prophet. Doesn't work like that. So really quickly, word of knowledge is if I get insight from the Lord, the Lord could literally just whisper it into my ear. Hey, let's just pretend here for a second. You don't like your boss, do you? That's not a prophecy. <laughs> That's not a prophecy at all. That's insight. That's, I got knowledge of something that I otherwise would not know. The Holy Spirit revealed to me. And here's a word of wisdom. This is just an example, okay? Don't think I'm talking to Becky. I'm not talking to Becky. <laughs> hey, Becky. Um, I hear the Lord saying that you're supposed to save $1,000 for the next seven months. Is that a prophecy? Is that a word of wisdom? Aha, here's the prophecy. Because after the six months, after the seven months, there's going to be some issues at your job with layoffs because of the recession. But God wants you to be in position for a great investment that's going to bring you into your wealthy place. That is a prophecy that followed a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. So. That's kind of what Gabriel did. That's what all of these examples, there was a word, and then came the foretelling or the forth calling. Another, a really good example of this, this one is funny. Y'all think that the Lord is funny? He's hilarious. You ever really read the Bible? Like, it's jokes all day, all day. A really good example of how like a word of knowledge, it's just a revelation, you just gotta download in the spirit, right? How a word of knowledge can lead you to a prophecy. Let's look at David. David and Nathan, the homie prophet Nathan. Nathan received a word of knowledge that King David had been deceitful and slept with his boy, Uriah's wife. Let's look at 2 Samuel verse 12. In, in this story here, in this chapter, Nathan approaches David and gives him a scenario, not the exact scenario of telling him what he did, but Nathan presents a scenario like, hey, yo, this man just did this, and it was, it was dirty, and it wasn't right. What do you think about this, David? And David is like, oh, he should be punished. Punish him. That was wrong. He should not have done that. 
No, if you read the scripture, that, that's how I hear it. I don't know about you. That's, that's how I heard it. And so David's like, no, that's not right. He shouldn't have done that. He should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. And so Nathan's like, okay, cool story, bro. You are the man. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I rescued you from Saul. I gave you your master Saul's house and his wives. I gave you the house of Israel. I gave you Judah. And if this wasn't enough, I would have given you even more. But you despised my word by doing what I considered evil. You had Uriah killed in battle. You took his wife as your wife. You used your enemy to kill him. So now, warfare will never leave your house because you despise me by doing this thing. This is what the Lord says. I will stir up trouble against you within your own household and before your own eyes. I will take your wives and I will give them to somebody close to you. I mean, he's all up in his business. I'm going to go to bed with your wives in broad daylight. That is foul. (laughs) You did this secretly, David, but I'm about to blow you up in public. Thank God for grace. He didn't operate like that anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But around verse 13, David is humbled by this, and he's repentant, and he says, I've sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replies, the Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die. But you did what you did, and you got to pay the piper. So the son that's born to you must die. And then Nathan went home. He didn't pray with him. He he didn't console him. (laughs) Here's the word of the Lord. Peace out. I'm out. I did my job. Are you good? Okay. So (laughs) this is an example, though, of a word of knowledge. David did this. And then a prophecy following it. Because he did this, this is what's going to happen now. And I tell you if, you, if you read on in that story, David prays and he cries and he fasts and he's just asking the Lord to forgive him and, you know, keep my son alive. But the word went forth. And a consequence is a consequence. So thank you again, Lord, for grace. We don't live in the Old Testament. You don't do us like that. Thank God for Jesus. <laughs> When we do things in secret, you deal with us in secret, hallelujah, for the most part, for the most part, consequences are still consequences, but I just wanted to use that as an example. That was a word of knowledge that led to a prophecy, and I want to point something out here. The scripture doesn't say, Nathan went to David, and when he got in David's presence, he heard this, and then he spoke. He was at home. He was probably making a cup of tea. He heard the voice of God, and then he went on his way to deliver the word that he received. I think a a lot of times we have this notion that the prophetic is always spontaneous. And while it can be, it doesn't have to be. I'll tell you right now, every prophetic word that I'm going to share before this day is done Majority of them I already have and it's written down. God gave them to me while I was in his faith talking to him this week. And I know that we don't always see that displayed in a pulpit. 
is the Lord said, oh, where is she? She's over here in this corner. You. <laughs> you know, like, and that's cool, and I love it. But I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm a little different. And I know I flow in the prophetic. But God talks to me differently. God talks to me in my dreams. As I set aside quiet time, and I'm, I, I'm telling you, I was doing the dishes yesterday, and he gave me a download for someone here today. I picked up my phone, and there was a flash of, the new, of a news story. I did not read the news story. I literally looked at it and put it down, and the Lord said, look at it. And so I just read the headline. He was like, that's why. You'll get it later. It's going to come together later, but it's a word for somebody. <laughs> I just share that to say that. It can look different. It can be expressed differently through us. Okay. Let's make it even more practical, word of knowledge or prophetic word. Um, <laughs> this is a funny one. I'm going to use my, my childhood nickname. A word of knowledge. Your childhood nickname was Mookie. Stop judging. He was an athlete. He was a baseball player, and I was an athlete. So that was literally the name on, on a lot of my jerseys and, and track paraphernalia and stuff in high school. So if someone came to me and said, your childhood nickname was Mookie, imagine that I'm unsaved and I don't know the Lord. Hey, I don't know you from a hole in the wall, but I know that your childhood nickname was Mookie. Now, if you meet adult Melissa, there is no way, and this is my first time meeting you, you don't know anybody connected to me. I'm going to be a little like, well, hold up, how, you, how do you know that? And I'm going to want to hear what you have to say because you were able to identify something in my life that you would have no access to otherwise. So then when God opens you up to speak more concerning me and you say something like, while your childhood may have been painful in some ways, God wants you to know that he was there just fall on my face. It's, prophecy is a tool for evangelism. We should all be equipped to be able to walk in this every day and everywhere we go. Right? People's lives can be and should be transformed by how God flows through you. And one of the foundational pieces of who we are is identity. And a lot of people are broken as it relates to their identity. And when God uses you to speak directly to that, it's transformative. I know that that's a part of why Paul said, earnestly desire to prophesy. You will change the trajectory of someone's life with a word from the Lord. It brings an awareness of God seeing them and knowing them. The creator of the universe knows you, knows every detail of your life, loves you, wants to use you. But beyond being used, he wants to have relationship with you. He doesn't want to just use you and then leave you where you're at. He wants to be close to you. That's what prophecy does. That's what the gift of prophecy does in us and in others. People feel overlooked. People feel unseen. People feel ignored. And God wants to use us. 
to help them feel seen. I know in my life personally, the prophetic moves through a deep knowing. It's not always an audible voice in my head. Just say it, the Lord, Melissa. I want you to share with my people. Man. Just last week, Sunday, those of you who are on the prayer team, you might get a chuckle out of this. They, they're going to remember because we just had a gathering um, for the prayer team last week, Sunday, at my house. But while we were praying and prophesying over someone, God literally was running the renegade, renegade, renegade. <laughs> and I'm like, but we praying, Lord. And he's like, I'm talking to you using language you can understand. <laughs> and he had me share with someone that they were a creative and like they were, they were supposed to be like a renegade in corporate America. You don't follow the trends, you set the trends. God talks to me like that. I don't know how he talks to you. I'm just telling you how he talks to me. And so, like I was mentioning earlier, I wanna just debunk these myths about how this works. God talks to us in so many different ways. For me, again, it was dreams. That's how I, I remember my first dream that I can recall. I'm sure I had dreams before this, but this was one that literally struck me and kind of arrested me in my early childhood. I was five years old, and I had a dream that I was on a class field trip, and I, I still remember it like I just had this dream last night because it was so striking. So we're on a class field trip, and we're going to this museum, and in the museum, there were tombs, and I think that we were going to see like King Tut, or like, you know, this was just like a really big deal in the 90s, seeing the tomb of King Tut, who was a really young pharaoh, a very wealthy pharaoh um, in ancient Egypt. So we go, and we were looking at the tombs, and all of a sudden, the entire place goes black, and I'm by myself. And then a ball of light comes before me, and all I can see is eyes that are fire, staring at me, but calling me and pulling me close. And I know, you know, there's a song out right now, and it's like, isn't he beautiful? Eyes like fire, hair like wool. That's what the scripture said to describe Jesus. I was five, and I was terrified <laughs> <laughs> at what I saw. But in my terror, there was a, a sense of awe and a sense of knowing that Jesus wanted to talk to me. And I was five, and I'm 30-something now. <laughs> and I still remember that. So Jesus spoke to me in my dreams, and I think that a lot of you dream. And you see things that have happened, but he also shows you things that will happen. And you're trying to find language for what to do with it. I tell you step one, when you wake up, write it down. Step two, talk to him before you do anything else. Lord, why did you show this to me? See, because when we're being used with our prophetic gifts, it's not just about whoever you will be revealing a truth to. It's also about your direct connection to him. He's drawing you close to him. Because you can't get clarity anywhere else. Google can't help you here. You cannot Google what this means in a dream and get the revelation. You will have to ask the Father in your secret place. I know I'm telling somebody's business right now. Just don't do it anymore, okay? <laughs> just, don't, just don't do it anymore. 
Or if you're like, like me and you're just kind of doing the dishes and you hear a whisper, call so-and-so, it's been a long time. That's simple. How many times are you in the middle of something and you just hear a name and you just kind of see a face flash before you're like, wow, it's been a minute. I should hit so-and-so up. And then three months pass and you still have not hit that person up. <laughs> what would happen if in those moments you, before you even hit the person up, ask God, God, why is this person coming before me? What do you want to share with them? Or an even better question, what are they going to that you what are they going through that you want to speak directly to? What would happen in our relationships if we took that approach? What would happen to our relationship with God if we took that approach with him? I'm sure that you can look back even over the last maybe two weeks and see where God might have whispered something to you. You heard something in your spirit or a scripture jumped out at you and you just chose not to dig deeper. And God is like, no, man, I just I like gave you the bait. That was bait. You supposed to, you know, bite. <laughs> Anybody go fishing in here? You put the bait on the hook so that the fish can bite and then be pulled up into your presence. The dream was just bait. But what are the instructions? The word of knowledge that you got was just bait. The feeling like you were really, really joyful, you were having a great day, then you walked in a room and all of a sudden you feel really sad. And you're like, why do I feel like that? It was bait. It's bait. Ask him, who in here is depressed and needs deliverance? It's not, oh, this space, this space is filled with sadness. Let me leave. <laughs> I mean, either we're the light of the world or we are not. I know I'm like I'm, I'm joking around because I do that, but this is real stuff. Somebody's life is hanging in the balance, and God is waiting on us to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, I heard you. Let's talk some more about this. Share some more with me, God. I want to be available to do whatever it is that you're asking me to do. I want to approach this like Ezekiel. I might be a little bit scared because it's, it's, you know, it's out of my norm. But I want to obey. Number three, I want you to look at someone and say this out loud. You can prophesy. That was so weak. I want you to look at somebody like y'all are about to win the Super Bowl and you're trying to hype them up. Come on, come on, let's go. You can prophesy. I'm about to tell my age again. When I was growing up, there was this show that used to come on, um, on PBS because we didn't have cable because my parents are Jamaican. And so... Um, You didn't have cable either. <laughs> PBS. And there was this guy, you remember, Yang can cook. And so can you. You can prophesy. 
I can prophesy, and so can you. And he was this guy, and he was, he was a chef. This was a cooking show. But he would make these recipes, and at the end of every show, he would say, Yen can cook, and so can you. <laughs> and he was literally showing you each step. I want you to prophetically look at someone in the eye. Come on, come on, do it, do it, do it. Find a partner. Is everybody partnered up? You partnered up? Come on, say, I can prophesy. And so can you. I'm going to give you the keys right now. It starts with a decision. You have to make a decision to desire the gift. Because you can say, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to flow in my little administrative corner over here, Lord. I'm going to give mercy. Or I'll be a, a giver. You've anointed me to be a giver. I'm cool on that prophecy stuff. I'm good on it. Or you can make the decision to say, you know what? I do want this. The Bible says earnestly desire it. I desire earnestly. Give it to me. The Bible says ask and it shall be. A little bit louder. Ask and it shall be. Listen. Knock and the door will be. Open. Seek and you will. Find. Just a decision. If you ask, he will give it to you. It's a gift. And all you have to do is say, Lord, I receive the gift of prophecy. I open myself. Come on, yeah, yeah, some of you are doing it now. I receive the gift of prophecy. I know you want to use me in this way. I make myself available to you. It's okay, you could disrupt my sleep. I'll catch up in the afternoon, on the weekend. <laughs> but it's really that simple. It starts with a desire. It starts with a decision. And here's what a lot of people won't tell you when we talk about the prophetic. They'll say, oh, the gifts come without repentance, so like you could be shady and still prophesy. <laughs> your filth will seep into your prophecy and you will be faulty and flawed. The keys to flowing in the prophetic is very, very simple. Faith believing that you have been given all things pertaining to life and godliness, believing that he is with you, believing that he has sent you, faith. And then this thing right here, abiding, abiding, wow. Abiding in him, obedience. John 15, verse five to seven, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who live in me while I live in them will produce a lot of fruit. But here's the thing. You can't produce anything without me. Whoever doesn't live in me is thrown away <laughs> like a branch. Wow, Lord. And dries up. <laughs> Branches like this are gathered, thrown into a fire, and burned. <laughs> but if you live in me, and what I say lives in you, you can ask for anything you want and it'll be yours. Why? Because you're directly connected to the vine. Your wants become his wants. The Bible says no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So if you've been asking God to give you something and you don't have it yet, the answer is not no. You have to ask yourself whether or not it's a good thing or if it will be good for you. No good thing will he withhold. 
if you abide in me, ask me anything you want. You can have it. I tell my son all the time. Y'all know I love my son, my one and only son, Isaiah. And we go through this all the time because we're working on his listening skills, you know, four-year-olds. They just have this thing where they're trying to assert their independence. <laughs> right? Somebody testified. It's, it can be rough, right? They're, they, but it's a developmental thing that they're going through. Give them grace. Give them grace. When they turn five and six, it'll be a little better. Come on, we're going to get to the other side. But I tell him all the time, if you would have listened, you could have got it sooner. Mommy, can I have this? Mommy, can I have this? Mommy, can I have this? And then he, instead of waiting, he just goes and gets it and then makes a mess. And I'm like, if you would have listened, you would have got more. Now you got to settle for this little bit because you turned over the cup and I told you to wait. I've learned so much about the father <laughs> through parenting my son. But it's real. Think about your life. If you would have just done what I said, if you would have just listened, <laughs> my father used to say, if you don't listen, you will feel. <laughs> and really all feeling is, is just dealing with the consequences of not living a life of obedience and submission. But if you abide in him, make him your hiding place, your secret place, that's my best friend. Before I talk to anybody, I'm talking to God about this. We actually have conversations. Or as my man Chance likes to say, I talk to God in public. I speak to God in public. That's just a statement of faith. We're close. God is not far from me. I'm in him. He is with me. Then you can ask for anything because he's a good father. Here's the last key to stewarding the prophetic. Love. You cannot prophesy into the life of anybody without loving first the Father and loving people. You will be a mean prophetic person. <laughs> you have to love people. You have to. It's foundational. You have to desire to see people the way that God sees them, and that's through a lens of love. In Matthew 22, Verse um, 37, 40, I'll just read it for you. Jesus says, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is, you will love your neighbor as yourself. When you love people, you will, in essence, live in a way that your words bring out the best in them. You can literally prophesy into someone who's struggling and see the best come out of them because you're looking at them through a lens of love, not judgment. That's how God wants to use us. You walk in love. You actually care about what's going on with people. I know that that's like really counter New York City culture. You just, we just walk in and we just, <clears throat> you in my way, oh my God. Good morning, hi. We don't do that because we don't live down south. I know, it's cool. But if you approach people with a lens of love, you will flow. It will just ooze out of you. You will be able to look people in the eye 
and see their pain and then speak to it. Faith, abiding in him, and love. Imagine a world where we're all walking in the gift of prophecy daily. I think suicide rates would be a lot lower. That's heavy. I think more of us would have come into our wealthy place, and I mean literal wealth. I'm not talking about our wealthy place spiritually. You would come into it sooner because you're tapping into what will be before it will be. Innovation and creativity, <coughs> catch it, flow in the prophetic. You would also live with the certainty of the fact that you are seen, wanted, and loved. You would not settle for relationships that don't also value the fact that you are already seen, wanted, beloved. All of that by itself is transformative and enough to make me go, Lord, you can use me in the prophetic. <laughs> I want to know every day that I'm seen, wanted, and loved by you. That is what the prophetic allows us to bring out in others or express to others. I want to encourage you this afternoon now <laughs> to start with yourself. If you're like, okay, God, I want you to use me in this way, know that you can start with yourself. You can prophesy to yourself. You want to have children? Prophesy to your womb. My fruit is blessed. I will have kids. I am anointed to be an incredible mother. That's you prophesying to yourself. You can prophesy to the community. This is something my husband and I did when we became homeowners. This will be a safe place for our children. Our house will triple in value. You speak to the community. This community will be a place of divine resource. This won't be a hood much longer. <laughs> Prophesy to your community. There's so many parents in the room. Prophesy over your children. My children will be taught of the Lord. That's scripture. I will leave my children a great inheritance and they will be able to walk out their purpose in God with ease. I do not accept poverty over my life. The Bible says that I'm the head and not the tail. Prophesy to your bank accounts. Those of you who are creative, prophesy to your art. My art is world-changing art. People will see what I release into the world, and their lives will be changed because of it. Prophecy isn't for the deep. <laughs> what is deep? Prophecy is for the hungry. How hungry are you? Are you dealing with insecurity today? Let me tell you about my 19-year-old self and how the Holy Spirit taught me how to prophesy and encourage, encourage and build up. That's all it is, myself. The Holy Spirit had me right on my mirror my sophomore year of college. You are fearfully and wonderfully made with the scripture. I could not wipe it down until I believed it. Every single day I had to look in the mirror and believe and receive that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Prophesy to yourself. If you feel lonely, I am his and he is mine. The Lord is sending me friends that stick closer than a brother. 
the right godly influences are coming into my life now in the name of Jesus. I receive this by faith. Struggling at work, feeling overlooked, in the name of Jesus, my mouth is anointed and so are my hands. I am above and not beneath and God is going to fill my mouth with strategy, divine strategy for this industry that makes me impossible to overlook. What are you speaking over yourself every day? Oh man, that was dumb, I could be so clumsy. You are prophesying. How about, I just tripped. Thank you, Lord, for fortifying my feet. What if we just simply changed our language about ourselves? I believe that God wants to do that for many of us today. Last thing, number four. Beyond the ability to prophesy, our highest priority and calling is to just be with Jesus to be with him, to know him. The Bible says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Jesus shares with me because I asked him to and I made myself available for him to share with me. Imagine your childhood self with your best friend at the playground, sharing secrets. That's what this is. God is sharing with you things that you might not know otherwise because he knows he can trust you, because you've spent time with him, because you have relationship with him. This is the exact picture that God gave me when pastor gave me this task. And I heard God say it so clearly. People make prophecy out to be this thing, and all it is is just talking to me and me talking to you. Let's just talk. And then you just share with people the things that I share with you. That's all it is. Spending time with him, being one with him, being intimate with him. And I know that specifically in this room, there are several of you that God has been kind of nudging like, come on, just wake up. Ten minutes. Ten minutes before the alarm clock goes off. Give me a little bit of time. I want to give you strategy for your day. I just want to love on you. Or you're going to encounter someone today that's going to make you feel like less than, but I know that if you come in my presence first, you're going to be built up and encouraged before this encounter can even happen. How many of us want to make it a priority to spend time with God and to hear from God? Come on, let's stand. God wants us to know that he sees us, that he's concerned with every detail of our lives in the most loving way. And the truth is that a revelation of his love, of who he is and who he desires to be in our lives, that's transformative all by itself. If you want to know more about this Jesus that we've been talking about and receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit and receive the Holy Spirit itself, and you've never done that before, I want to invite you at this time to make the decision to live a life that's better than the life you're currently living. Let's all close our eyes. If that's you, I want you to just repeat after me. Jesus, I believe that you're Lord. Thank you. Come into my heart. Be my savior. I trust you. 
I want to be in relationship with you. And if, that's, if this is your first time saying that to him, believe that your life is being transformed right now. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forth. We're going to do something a little different. Those of you who are ready to pray for a level of boldness and walking in the gift of prophecy, I want you to come forward. Prayer team, I want you to stand behind them. Feel free to lift your hands. It's a sign of surrender. That's all it is. Heavenly Father, we surrender today. We know you love us, and we know that you desire more with us. We release our preconceived notions about who you are and how you desire to move in us. And we accept right now that you have released unto us the gift of prophecy. We will move in this realm with boldness, with confidence, with authority, with demonstration, with power in the name of Jesus. Believe that you have received it and it's yours. It is that simple. There are at least three of you that the Lord wants me to sing this over. And you don't have to come up. But if we could all keep our eyes closed and our hands lifted, that'll be great. You've been really struggling to, to feel seen and accepted. God wants me to sing this over you. And I'm going to sing this over you prophetically right now. And as I'm singing, you're going to be built up and encouraged you will not leave this place feeling the same way. You know my name. You know my name. If God is changing your life through this ministry, Join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.